and welcome to Stacia Adjacent, a podcast at the intersection of analog and digital productivity. I'm Justin Twyford and joined by my dog, Coco, who's sitting on my lap, been a pain in the butt this morning, and also Stu Lennon. Hey, Stu, how are you today? Oh, I'm very well, thank you, Justin. Happy New Year to you. And Happy New Year to you as well. Well, sort of. Uh, it will be by the time our listeners are listening to this. And I should just point out that Stu is not sitting on my lap. He's in Cyprus. <laughs> no, and I do have uh, two canine companions with me. Uh, they're on the couch uh, just across the room, both looking quite sort of cold. I mean, when I say cold, I'm on a slightly different scale to you, Justin, but we've, we've had sort of rain and we had hail today. Oh, lovely. Um, oh, yes. The dogs are not impressed. Mm. You know what? I, I discovered a new hobby this weekend. You know what it was, Stu? I'm going to guess it's got something to do with snow. It's called keeping warm. Oh. It is proper cold, I think is a good way to put it. The other morning I took the dog out, it was minus 23 degrees Celsius with a wind chill that made it minus 32 degrees Celsius. Burr. I don't know if you've ever been up in the Arctic, um, but jeepers, was that cold? I, I have experienced weather like that before. Yes, um, in the Czech Republic, we had a really cold winter one time, and also in Finland. Um, and I, yes, I would agree with you. It's cold. That's cold, cold. Mm -hmm. We're at a balmy minus 14 at the moment. Good Lord. Uh, so when Coco was out today, she was actually pretty good. But uh, the other day we took her out. She stepped on the ice to do her business. Quickest squat in the world. Just pointing that out. Good girl. Uh, but then uh, her paws were hurting her because it was so cold oh, and I had to carry her and wrap her in a blanket and snuggle with her for half an hour until she warmed up because ah, she's a princess. <laughs> I'm kind of the same way, but um, nobody wants to cuddle me in a blanket after I go out. <laughs> and well, I, I'm assuming you're wearing something over your paws. Oh, I'm wearing every bit of clothing I own and I'm still cold. Oh, that's brutal. Oh, well, yeah, it is properly cold. I mean, you can see why they called it Summerland. Exactly. Right in the title. Says it on the tin. Uh, how was your Christmas, Stu? Uh, it was very chilled. Thank you very much. Very relaxed. We essentially spent most of it uh, alone. We had, we had a few people around on Christmas Eve. People who I, I guess sort of qualify as our bubble. Um, uh, we had, uh, what did we do? We, had, we, we ate, uh, nothing baked, <laughs> but we ate. I was going to ask, this is the question that everybody's been waiting two weeks for. Did Stu's oven work for Christmas? No. Oh, so <laughs> the, the oven man, um, true to his word was, was ready to come back before Christmas, but they, uh, in well, a very Cypriot approach to, to scheduling. They decided to abandon everything that had been working so well. Uh, and rather than having um, his assistant, Stavrula, who is lovely, phone me up and say, is it okay for Michalis to come tomorrow? Uh, Michalis would just phone me on his mobile whenever he fancied it. Hmm. Now, given that his English is very, very weak, uh, as is my Greek, this made for some interesting conversations, most of which consisted of, no, I'm not there. Oops. Um, 
So I'll be there in an hour. No, that's too late. Oh. So that didn't happen before Christmas. And I guess in keeping with uh, the rest of uh, the world, since then, things have got a bit hairy on the COVID front. Mm. And I'm not desperately keen on having someone come into the house to play with my oven for an hour or two. Um, you know, I kind of feel we could maybe survive a couple of more weeks without one and, and perhaps invite someone into the house once things have calmed down a bit. That's that's kind of where I am mentally. But we ate very, very well. We ate simply, which is always my desire at Christmas, so that I can fit in even more chocolate <laughs> and sweet treats and unnecessary stuff. What about you? How was your Christmas feasting? Well, it was pretty good, actually. We went up to my brother-in-law's. He's lived up in Summerland for a number of years. He's the reason we kind of up here, because we would come up in the summer and visit him and think, oh, this is a beautiful place. Little did I know. They don't tell. What do they do in Summerland in the winter? I mean, do you, do you slaughter a moose or uh, me? I, I roll over, play dead, and I'll. You know, <laughs> I'll, I'll be. Uh, I'll be back in April. Yeah, it's it's just a weird thing. I was trying to f- work out what the big tracks in my backyard were. That's that's been amusing me for no end. Talking to my Canadian friends and saying, whatever it is, it's big because it's about you know. Step to step, you can see where the front and the back hoof go, and it's about 30 inches. So that's that's a relatively big animal. Uh, it may be a cougar. I'm thinking it's most likely there's a big stag that lives around with his pride of three little deer, but uh, it's just it's just a weird, weird thing. But uh, we had a nice uh, Christmas or Christmas Day dinner with uh, Cindy's brother. Uh, again, they're in our bubble, but it was it was pretty quiet. I drove home, shoveled the driveway because, you know, that's my other new hobby, getting my exercise uh, an hour a day, shoveling whatever's come down the night before. It's, um, yeah, this this winter thing, Stu, I, I don't know. Is it spring yet? I, I, it's got to be spring <laughs> somewhere. Uh, I, somewhere, yes. Uh, for you, my friend, <laughs> you may need to be a little more patient. Oh, it's, it's crazy. It's crazy. It was that cold that all the air in my tires disappeared. Oh, okay. Uh, You you know how you get your, you know, these smart uh, cars nowadays give you this warning when the temperature goes down. Well, all of them have gone equally flat at the same time, uh, right after it was minus 23. So uh, I had to go in in the freezing cold, which is, you know, uh, granted a little bit warmer. It was only about minus 18 fiddle around trying to unscrew caps on your wheels and put air in it. That was uh, not the most comfortable of uh, experiences, but hey, I'm learning all kinds of stuff up here. The main one, I don't like winter. (laughs) And what about Santa? Did he bring you anything uh, exciting? AirPods, because, you know, we we haven't had any problems with Apple's Bluetooth and their, their audio settings. Oh no, they're lead, leading the market in uh, in Bluetooth. I mean, just it's so infallible. I had to I had to go one more and uh, complete the set. They're kind of like Pokemon AirPods. You gotta get them all. So uh, I got a series three AirPods from my wife just to try them. And you know, my my series ones were getting a little long in the tooth and a little short in the battery. You know how they get. Mm-hmm. And the nice thing about these is they're not noise canceling. 
which means I can at least understand when my wife is yelling at me rather than the AirPods Pro or the AirPods Max that do a very good job of stopping me from hearing her when she wants to communicate. Well, you can, you can turn them off on the AirPods Pro. You can make it transparent. Oh, no, no, no. Don't ever say that around my wife. <laughs> that is my excuse, and I'm sick. I see. Oh, uh, sorry, honey, I couldn't hear you. Uh, but this one, yeah, she was happy that uh, I could, she can at least yell at me, and I'll take them out of my ear and try to uh, have a conversation. And then I'll put them back in, and she'll talk to me again, because that's how we roll. <laughs> Well, there you are. What'll happen is that she'll suddenly adopt them, and uh, well, you'll she'll never listen to you ever again. Don't tease me. Uh, no, actually, uh, about the AirPods Three are actually very good. They have not been quite as annoying about connecting to everything that I don't want them to connect to. The sound on them is very good, and that new fit, I guess, because I'm used to the AirPods Pro, is actually quite nice. So. Uh, Definitely get a recommendation if you cool. like uh, a new set of AirPods. So you rate them above the Pro? Do we, I, I ask purely from a personal point of view because my Pro, I think the batteries are beginning to get a bit ropey. Mm. The Pros are different to me. The Pros, um, they're a little, I wouldn't say uncomfortable, but for long periods of time, they are... You know, the, the air, the ear fitting pieces in there, you can feel them. These ones are just regular ones. So they just kind of slip in and you can leave them all day in there. Whereas the pro is actively doing the noise for you around you, whether it's recording it and playing it back to you or not. Uh, I just find them a little easier to deal with. The only thing that I'm not quite used to yet is they have that silly squeezy thing like the pros mm -hmm. and I'm used to smacking myself upside the head to get to something like this to stop. So, uh, you know, I was out the other day, uh, shoveling the driveway because again, we're back to snow and one of my neighbors decided to stop off. And have you ever done that AirPod pro dance where you've got a podcast playing, you're wearing a balaclava over the top of your AirPods pro and your phone is buried in an inside pocket of your jacket that is zipped up and you've got gloves on and a snow shovel and <laughs> I, and this neighbor pulls up in the car they're a new neighbor that i haven't really met yet they happen to be driving past and wanted to stop and i'm trying to do this this dance of trying to get these things to stop squeezing them through a balaclava through my my gloves taking the gloves off taking the balaclava off Trying to, you know, and you, you squeeze one, you take one out, then the other one starts playing. I felt like a complete idiot in front of these people. Uh, you know, you're, you're kind of, I've got headphones on and they just look at you and they can't see them because they're AirPods. So yes, um, these, I think will be a little bit better in those situations. I won't look like quite as much of an idiot, but if I could just slap myself up the side of the head and have them stop playing, I think I'd be a little bit happier. Mm, I know. The other thing you have to be careful of with AirPods is um, AirPods in snow. That's potentially quite a dangerous place to drop an AirPod, I would suggest. <laughs> I'll find them in spring, won't I? <laughs> yes, indeed. <laughs> well, mm, yeah, I've just got visions of dropping one in a sort of field of snow thinking, oh, this could be fun. Oh, even better than that, I'm just imagining this going through my snowblower. Oh, a ping and 
30 feet in the air, off it goes. You could just imagine seeing it over the fence and into the, the neighbor's yard. Ah, oh, just. <laughs> <laughs> oh, there's an image. There's a, a wonderful image. Oh, boy. All right, let's uh, get on with our show. Uh, what have you been working with as a tool of the week? Uh, tool of the week for me has been analog, really, for the last couple of weeks, to be honest, because I've been I've been experimenting with sort of going all in. Mm. So using the Next and Sunday cards partially as they are designed um and supplementing them with a few sort of blank cards and just trying try sort of task management entirely analog that's that's my experiment at the moment and yeah i'm really enjoying it working really well the hipster pda lives again yeah that's kind of the thing although his mobile solution i really don't like i've got one of the um uh the mobile solution from ugmunk is an uh a felt cover. Mm, I've seen those, but seeing as I don't go anywhere, I didn't bother investing in one. Well, I mean, they're kind of huge. Really? That's the thing. Yeah. So they're a lot bigger than an index card. And then you've got an external pen loop. Uh, so by the time you're finished, you're talking, giving your jeans back pocket uh, quite a hard time. And, and trust me, my jeans back pocket is pretty substantial. I mean, there's... <laughs> There's a lot of space there, but mm, yeah, no, that, that to me was a design miss. Mm. Um, I may, I may use some sort of field notes band and just carry a few that way. I think that would make uh, a lot more sense. Uh, maybe like a little field notes cover, slide a few inside there and deal with that. Sure. Yeah. I mean, I am blessed with lots of options as you might imagine. Really? Uh, what, what about you? What's been your tool of the week or fortnight? Well, I actually took a day off, Stu. <gasps> Good Lord. Did the world stop turning? No, uh, though halfway through the day, I was ready to get back to work. But uh, I took uh, one day off. I've, I've got some deadlines. My time has been a little compressed this year with all of the stuff around Cindy's health. So I, I needed to work. Usually this is a week I'll take off and enjoy some time. I'm, I'm t I took uh, Monday off and uh, I'll probably take Friday off as well here. But, oh my God, it was so nice to have a day of rest and relaxation. I, I broke out a novel, Stu. <sighs> I'm not sure if I'm allowed to mention what I'm reading because, well, you know, the author has been canceled and that's never a good thing, but oh, I still uh, enjoy the books. Sounds very, very uncomfortable. Uh, well, authors, I mean, they do tend to get canceled quite a lot. Would this one be something to do with trans exclusionary radical feminism? That might be the very, very, very one you're thinking about. I quite enjoy uh, the, the original books. I hope you're impressed that I, I can recite the term. <laughs> I have no idea what any of it means, but it sounds desperately unpleasant. A bit of penicillin should clear it up. Yeah. So anyway, um, you're off this week. You took this week off, right? Yeah, pretty much. Um, the sort of jobby job stuff uh, began to to wind down before Christmas um, and really doesn't get going. I mean, it, there's little bits and pieces going on, but not very much. Um, and then particularly with sort of, you know, COVID's resurgence uh, and lockdowns, then that's slowing down everyone, I think. Mm. So I won't really be back until after Epiphany, which is the 6th. So the 7th of January is kind of my first official time back at work. Oh, lovely. Uh, so how has uh, COVID been treating the Mediterranean? It's 
it's done kind of what the data suggested it was going to do. Um, I'm, I'm sort of, uh, I, I can't really complain. I saw it coming. I told uh, my nearest and dearest that it was coming. They ignored me. And now they've gone, it's come. I don't, yes. Um, so we were hovering around 500 cases a day, which was a little bit concerning. You know, so our, our record was around about 1,000. Um, and then from 500, we went to 900 and something um, overnight. And then from there, we went to 2,025. And then from there to 3,000. And everyone went, oh. And I went, hmm. Uh, so, yeah, it's it's taking off big style here. We've got Omicron. And to give you an idea, we have sort of 250 intensive care beds on the island, something like that. Uh, so it doesn't take a huge amount of cases for us to be uh, stretched uh, medical facility-wise. Mm -hmm. So uh, new measures have been brought in. They've effectively closed the airport without closing the airport. So uh, you're welcome to come, but you've got to have had a PCR test within 48 hours previous. Most places, I think PCR test results take about 72 hours. So <laughs> that's a bit tricky. And then when you land, you have to pay for another PCR test. So yeah, that's going to have, that comes into to force just after January. So everybody's, sorry, just after January the 1st. So everybody is rushing back now, um, presumably bringing COVID with them. Hmm. And and then we're in some sort of quasi lockdown, I think, for the first two weeks of January. Lovely. Lovely. Mm. How about Canada? How's Canada getting on? Uh, we're, we're breaking the records again. Um, it's, yeah, more of the same. We had, ah, must have been, I'm not even sure, early December, we were around 300 cases in BC. See, Canada's smart because it's such a big place. Sure. They don't really report everything as a Canadian number, mm -hmm. at least easily found. But in BC, they report uh, the numbers. Uh, we were hovering for the longest time around, you know, just less than 300 cases uh, a day, new cases. Um, yesterday, it was just under 3,000. So, uh, yeah, it's, it's back with a vengeance. Sure. Um, we are trying to be careful and cautious and, not go anywhere. I mean, at least we're kind of snowed in, so we have an excuse to be unsociable. But um, Kaylee was supposed to go and stay with her dad's family between Christmas and New Year, and that involved a, a travel on a plane. And we kind of looked at that and said, that's not really a good idea at this point. So, sure. Yeah, it's a, it's a little, it's a little brutal here. It's uh, getting closer and closer. So, uh, you know, if I didn't have a wife with uh, an immune deficiency because of chemotherapy, I think I'd be less concerned about it. But at the moment, we're we certainly have to take it very, very seriously. You know, even though the case numbers are up, the hospitalizations still aren't too bad uh, for the amount of cases yeah. that they have. So I'm sure. Uh, we'll see though. It's, uh, it kind of looks like more of the same, doesn't it? Uh, 2022 is 2020 part three. Pandemics four years. Mm, yep. Always have been. <laughs> um, once again, the data is fairly clear on this. 
but you know, I, I, I believe we're getting better at managing it. I think, uh, you know, the vaccinations, the boosters, the, uh, the treatment drugs that are now being trialed and stuff, we're, we're going to get better and better at managing it until probably we don't need to manage it anymore, uh, as is the, the way with these things. But for the moment, we have to be patient and be careful. Um, well, I'm going to be patient and be careful and the rest of the world's going to do what it's going to do, I guess. Yeah, I've got uh, some co-workers that are off in Mexico at the moment uh, because they didn't want to pass up their Christmas break. And I'm just, uh, you know, one does wonder that uh, perhaps my tolerance level is a little different than others. Sure. I can only do for do what I can do, right? Exactly. I was. I, I keep having this discussion with, with Mrs. L. Uh, no, there's no need to judge anyone else. You've got to make your own decisions, or your own sort of risk appetite, as it were. Uh, and yeah, <laughs> uh, the virus doesn't care how stressed you get about it. So it's probably not worth getting stressed about. Just decide your own levels and, and work there. Mm -hmm. All right. Let's uh, talk about happy things. Well, what are you writing with, Stu? Uh, well, well, I'm uh, I'm in a Mont Blanc, lovely, um, the big boy, as I call it. This is the um, the Dickens, uh, the Charles Dickens limited edition. So it's a huge, big pen with a sort of sterling silver top, which I have to say could do with a bit of bit of a polish. And it's got a huge, great nib on it. It's um, it's a broad, or possibly even a stub, actually. I think. Wow. And I've got some. Diamine ancient copper in there, so it's a lovely ink and it's beautiful. It's it's classy, but I have to write big. I'm so jealous about the ancient copper. I was all set when I got my new Leonardo pen to ink it up with. That's what I was going to use the ancient copper because I thought it was just going to be perfect. And that's the one that had the messed up nib, the worst nib that I've ever seen. Mm -hmm. um, talking to the vendor. They won't send me a replacement nib, so the whole pen has to go back. Oh. Which is... That's international shipping time, isn't it? It's international shipping. I already got burnt once for additional import charges for this pen. I don't really want to take it another time, so I told them, you know what? I've kind of had it with this pen. When they get it back, they can keep it and just give me my money back and fix a nib and do whatever they need to do. Mm -hmm. But so disappointed with that. I, I'm I'm using something crazy for me, Stu. I'm using a big nib. Good man. Welcome, welcome to the good side of the force. So I'm using a Twisby 580, and I think it was called the Rose. It's kind of a reddish color. I recently did the Diamine Ink Vent calendar, mm -hmm. and on the 25th is the big thing of ink. You get like little samples. I think they're 14 millimeters. And then you get this big 30 millimeter bottle and it's an ink called all the best. And it is one of the most crazy inks I've seen. It's a red with a blue sheen and a silver shimmer. This thing does it all. It's absolutely crazy and awesome. And when you actually write with it, you have no idea what your text is going to look like until it's dried and you can look at it and go, Ooh, that's pretty. So I hope they release this as a standalone ink, but wow, is it just really, really cool. Uh, you know, I've had sheening inks, I've had shimmer inks, but to do both of them so well, it's crazy. It's awesome. So I'm using that in my Twisby 
but I'm using it with a 1.1 stub nib. Ah, yes. Because that's the only way you can get that much ink on the page to see all of these cool ink effects that it does. But wow. Well, Twisby do do a 1.5 stub as well, just in case. Yeah, I could. I've also got a paintbrush in my uh, <laughs> garden as well. You know, I could go off and do that. Okay, okay. Too soon. Too soon. <laughs> what, little little baby steps here, still. Little baby for steps. sure, for sure. Uh, but yeah, I do find that. Wow, my I use a lot more paper uh, because yep. I cannot write my usual fairly small and precise writing. So it's interesting. This is why all stationary addicts gradually just migrate to broader and broader nibs because it means you get through your ink faster you get through your notebooks faster you get through your paper faster and therefore you can buy more of all of the above ah, that's about it yeah it's an enabling tactic mm. ah, this explains a lot nervosnotes.co.uk <laughs> indeed well we have all sorts of fine stationery for your delectation <laughs> This is why Stu's pushing me to go for bigger nibs. I'd never figured it out before. <laughs> Damn, he's seen through it all. Damn it. Oh, well. All right, Stu. Uh, so New Year's coming up. Mm. How are you doing? How are you approaching resolutions, goals, themes? What are you doing to sort of take in and prepare for next year? As you know, uh, I'm a... I'm a, a, a plan your year man. So uh, the Sean Blanc approach to planning the year, which I'm hesitant to call resolutions. Um, I, I, I'm also hesitant to join in with all the podcasts talking about why resolutions are a bad thing. They're not. But I think the way that one phrases resolutions and the way that one thinks about resolutions uh, tends to make them likely to fail. Mm -hmm. So, um, the obvious one that everybody always talks about is, you know, I'm going to close my Apple rings every day. Now, if you say that, that's great. But the minute that you miss a day, because I don't know, you're on a transatlantic flight, for example, and you can't exercise. Uh, that'll be what? 2024. You've got two years <laughs> before you can get there. <laughs> Indeed. But you know, what happens is that you miss one day and that becomes a fail, which realistically is crazy because the other 29 days you've maybe done better than you were doing before. So you should be celebrating that rather than focusing on the one day that you felt. So I think that's the danger with resolutions. You can get around it with, with terminology, but, um, I use sort of themes more and that comes partially from, um, from the stuff I do with Sean Blanc and the sweet setup. Um, but also I've had a look at, uh, some of Mike Vardy's work. Mm. Um, I, I recently, what did I buy from him? The Six, I think it's called The Six. Six sort of combined, I suppose you'd call them theories, practices, habits, whatever. Uh, so that was a little course that I took and went through, and that that helped inspire me. So yes, I've, I'm a theme man myself. What about you? What do you do, JT? Oh, boy. I'm kind of looking at this year bit a little different. I've, I've gone through sort of my normal quarterly plan, my questions that I ask myself. And, and this year there's so much unknown that I think I'm going to, you know, look at this year as doing something a little different. I'll still do my quarterly plan because I think it's useful to have some end goal, 
They won't be called resolutions, though, because, well, resolutions just don't work for me. You mentioned the Apple rings, the activity rings, the Apple Watch. Uh, I turned those off oh, about the third time it asked me to stand up for the day because it decides what time it wants to tap me on the wrist and remind me. So I, I just, I couldn't do it. So those are all gone. I don't use anything like that. Uh-huh. You know, I'm, I'm, I'm a little grumpy when it comes to the Apple Watch because uh, any distraction on the Apple Watch, anything it taps me is extremely distractive. And, uh, you know, a good old fashioned watch is just that little nicer, but it doesn't unlock my, uh, wa- or my phone when I'm out in public, like the Apple watch. So sure. it has six of one, half a dozen of the other, but yeah, I'm, I'm not focusing on resolutions this year as such. I want to sort of build some habits, but I also want to have some flexibility. Uh, you and I both talked about it and we went through it. The focus course Academy, the sweet setup Academy mm. plan your year. And that really came down to what do you want to focus on two things in 2022? And it also generated a theme and that has spoken to me this time, I think is the right way to say that, you know, looking at everything, reflecting on last year and saying, okay, well, where did last year start? Where did it go wrong? And well, Last year for me took a 90 degree turn sort of in April and just kept going around in circles, ever decreasing circles to the point that, uh, I'm so much further behind than when I started last year, but it is what it is this year. There are so many things that are still up in the air that there's no point creating the stress for myself by trying to be too definitive about these are the things I want to do. Because when health comes up, when family comes up, you know, we've, as you know, we've had a bit of a rough year that puts everything else. It kicks it right to the curb because, you know, your family has to come first. And and so I'm kind of leaning into themes and focuses for 2022. Is that more along where you're going for, for next year as well? Because I know you've done the Sean Blanc thing before you're, you're going for themes focuses. Or- yeah. Yeah. I mean, I think for me, um, a, a lot of the focus course as is implied by the name is about focus and just kind of working out. You could, I mean, the, the metaphors you can use here, there are thousands of them. So, you know, making sure your ladders up against the, the right wall, uh, Mr. Covey. Mm-hmm. There's not an awful lot of point in having sort of goals and resolutions unless it's part of some bigger picture, mm-hmm. or it is for me anyway. So um, there's a phrase that I've heard a million and one times. It was thrown around like willy-nilly for the last 10 years, which was variations on live, laugh, love. If you add pray to that, wasn't that a book where you give up <laughs> exactly. everything and go to a yoga studio in uh, India somewhere? Indeed. And a movie of the same name, I think. Um, Mm, Yes. But uh, those things kind of encapsulate a lot of what I think is important about life. So I'm I'm not a man particularly of any any faith. And so phrases that you will hear me utter quite a lot are, you know, carpe diem. uh, This is not a rehearsal. You know, I I believe that we're, we're here just the one time. So (laughs) make the best of it. 
I don't really see the point in being miserable. It's never really appealed to me. So I quite enjoy laughing. Well, I mean, don't get me wrong. I quite enjoy being a curmudgeon as well, laughing afterwards. So those three things were quite sort of spoke to me, to, to use the phrase. But I did find the formula a little bit sort of unoriginal and cliched. You know, as you say, I started thinking about, you know, people running off to the to the Far East to discover themselves and all that. And so I did some research about where it came from. If you will indulge me, dear listener, not that you've got any choice, um, I'll, I'll read you the poem. Success. He has achieved success who has lived well, laughed often, and loved much, who has enjoyed the trust of pure women, the respect of intelligent men, and the love of little children, who has filled his niche and accomplished his task, who has left the world better than he found it, whether by an improved poppy, a perfect poem, or a rescued soul, who has never lacked appreciation of earth's beauty or failed to express it, who has always looked for the best in others and given them the best he had, whose life was an inspiration, whose memory a benediction. I just think that's incredible. Now, one slight proviso, I'm not entirely sure what enjoying the trust of pure women is all about. Or the love of little children, for that matter. I was, I was <laughs> exactly, reading yes. that and going, oh God, do we have to, are we going to get cancelled as well? <laughs> yeah, those two phrases um, I'm going to take in, the, I'm sure, the innocent and lovely way that they were written. And I, I thought that this was, so I had sort of vague understanding that this poem existed. And I thought it was written by Twain or uh, Waldo Emerson or, you know, some sort of great literary figure. And, and no, it was written by Bessie. Oh, of course. Yes, Bessie Anderson Stanley, she of Kansas, um, who, who wrote this poem. Which other Bessie Anderson Stanley is there? <laughs> exactly. Um, as far as I know, she, she you know, she, a lovely woman and, and lived a very full life but this was what she did of note was this poem um and i just think it's fantastic i think it's absolutely brilliant and a, a great way to sort of uh, encapsulate my thoughts on life so you know filling my niche and accomplish accomplishing my task leaving the world better than i found it you know uh, yeah like all that stuff so that's uh, kind of where my yearly theme sits. And then I've broken my year into quarters. I'm up months. Months tend to be over before I've even started them. So yeah, no they don't really work for me months. But uh, quarters, you know, because of the, the jobby job stuff, uh, and I guess it's been banged into me. But also seasons, you know, there's something that works for me about quarters. So my quarters are, if you want to get, all arty farty about the whole thing then quarter one I, I will i will plow quarter two i will sow quarter three i will nurture and quarter four i will harvest oh God, i'm a poet um or if you're going to get all corporate about the whole thing then quarter one i'm going to plan quarter two i'm going to connect quarter three i'm going to travel and quarter four i'm going to execute that's how i see things <laughs> right after traveling executing i think is uh, maybe the wrong word to use <laughs> well, it's, um, you know, the, the year has some sort of, you know, longer overarching goals within it, uh, which I will have to move towards across the quarters. And that's where those, those sort of schedules come in. 
And, you know, there's pages of nonsense behind all this, but some of it I think is is important. And it's probably not something I will refer back to the detail too often, but having gone through the detail, uh, I think is the important process of, of sort of building a picture of where I would like the year to go, fully acknowledging that I, it may not go anywhere. And that things like COVID and our response to it may well make some of the things I'm planning not possible, but that's okay. I don't mind. Plans change. They always change. Mm-hmm. Wow. That's impressive. So yeah. Well, there's been a lot of thought there, Justin. It's made my head hurt. I was going to say, somebody's been very, very productive this December. Well done. Mm. And there's more. There's more. I've adjusted and amended my daily themes. So I've been using daily themes for a while Mm -hmm. um, where I try and have – this comes very much from Mike Vardy's work, actually. But um, I try and have a, a focus for the day. It doesn't mean that it's exclusively what I do for the day, but it's where I'm really trying to get my big win or where I'm trying to put my my most concentration and focus. So on Monday, I write. On Tuesday, I sell. On Wednesday, I manage. On Thursday, I record. And on Friday, I think. Saturday, I socialize. And Sunday, I rest. That's that's the plan. That's where we are for next next year. What that means is that I try and put meetings in places where they are less disruptive. So meetings on a Thursday is okay because recording is a talking thing. Meetings tend to involve talking. Meetings on a Wednesday are okay because that's a management day and I don't mind doing a little bit of that. What a meeting on a Friday, you need to be paying me a lot of money. Mm. Um, If uh, you want a meeting on a Monday, likewise. Um, meeting on a, a Tuesday, sure, but bear in mind, I'll probably sell you something. Uh, yeah, you're going to sell me some more notebooks, are you? <laughs> exactly. So um, that's that's kind of where I'm trying to go. And it just helps me, I think, when I'm planning my day, um, just to have an idea of uh, what I want to get done. Because all of those those five elements, if you like, feed into the plans above for the quarter and then the year. Very cool. So you've obviously spent a little bit more time than I have thinking about how you want next year to come about. Did you learn any lessons from 2021, what you've had as a year so far, and how has that affected your goals, your themes, I should say, for 2022? Um, I think the... um Elasticity of time is a lesson we've all learned from from COVID. Mm. It still feels like 1919, uh, 1919? No, 2019 is just finished. And yet here we are two years down. And all of the changes that have been wrought uh, in our working lives and our private lives um, by things sort of bigger than us, beyond our control, I think have been very useful in in many ways that's a it's a great way of focusing the mind on um worrying about the things you can impact dealing with life as as it is not as you would like it to be Mm -hmm. so i think that's been really really sort of a strong learning thing i mean i'm very lucky touching wood i think we've we've weathered the storm thus far of COVID reasonably well. Partly that's because we're in a very privileged position of where we live and, and 
you know, where we are in our sort of time of life. But partly it's because I think we've, we've been able to just sort of roll with it and not get too fraught. But also it's taught me the importance of connection, whether that be real or virtual, of the importance of health. You know, both you and I have, you know, other halves who've undergone massive health challenges, still do undergo Mm -hmm. massive health challenges. And, you know, the rest of it all sort of falls by the wayside. If you're not, uh, if you're not feeling healthy and, and able to do things, then, you know, planning to scale the North face of the Iger is fairly pointless. It's just not going to happen. Mm. Uh, so you have to focus on, on looking after yourself and on looking after your loved ones. Yeah. And I think that actually segues quite nicely into my goals and my focus for the upcoming year. Which, you know, I'm going to be honest, it's uh, it's kind of a hard topic to bring. And, you know, this is, podcast is about productivity and I've not really been too productive in my goals at this point. And you know what? I'm okay with that this year. And that's mm-hmm. kind of why I wanted to talk about it. Uh, my 2022 focus is on two two things. One of those is my mental health. And the other one is those on lifestyle. This has been a rough year for a variety of reasons. The move, you know, changing, picking up, moving in the middle of a pandemic is certainly challenging enough. You know, we we're restarting our lives up here without any great social circle. Um, you know, that that's harder than I had really given it credit for, especially the fact that meeting new people you know you can't just go down to the pub and hang out and meet people it's changed a a whole lot so that has been a a thing but then we've had a couple of sort of rough events over the last you know year Uh, my wife obviously we've talked about it has uh, is recovering from breast cancer she's been treated for breast cancer she has uh, she's about halfway through her chemotherapy that'll sort of take quarter one realistically she's then looking at some form of surgery that will you know probably take a a couple of months in there to let her recover from the chemo then recover from the surgery and then she's into some radiation treatments on top of that so really trying to control that and fit that in i realize that what i have to do is just embrace that and mm. uh, keep that as as part of the rolling with it and part of that is embracing that knowing it's coming and letting my mental health accept the fact that i may not be as productive as i want to be because i'm going to have these other things coming up sure and it's it's defining productivity isn't it if if your key aim for the day is to support cindy in the round of treatment that she's experiencing the day then at the end of the day, if you've done that, then you've been productive. Exactly. And it's, it's really sort of a changing of priorities. And by focusing on that mental health side of things, that lifestyle side of things so that we can get out and do things. Uh, my daughter went through a fairly traumatic event earlier in the year and that's her story to tell. So I don't want to get into it too much, but certainly, 
um, she continues to need a lot of support and, uh, you know, she's working through her stuff as well. Mm. Focusing the whole family on a positive mental outlook is really, really important to us because, you know, as productive as you want to be when things are falling around outside of or inside of your house, you will not be as focused as you want to be. You can't be. It's just everything sure. takes a different priority. So that's where we want to go. Um, my lifestyle, well, I don't think I'll see any lifestyle until I can dig out of the snow in April. But uh, for, you know, that's that's part of the reason we moved up to where we are. You know, there's lots, I think there's about 120 vineyards in the area, and I certainly like my wine, so I want to get out and enjoy that. There's some beautiful rides. I want to get the Harleys on the road this summer, if my wife's feeling well enough, and get out there and explore some of the neighborhood, because it is rather beautiful. There's a lot of things out there that I really want to to do in the lifestyle. I want to develop a new network up here, new friendships, um, because that is weird and awkward having moved away as, as Stu could tell you, it's, uh, it's a challenge. Sure. Uh, but really I took my 22, 2022 theme and I distilled it down to one word. The challenge in the focus course was 2022 in one sentence. And I just came up with one. It's so simple. It's not particularly focused, but it's on happiness because happiness will for me include my family. It will include my work. It will include the rewards I get out of the tasks, the jobby job, the hobby job that I do. It's going to really put focus on my life of here's how I want to fit everything in. Here's how I want to take the rewards for everything and continue doing what I want to do. And it gives me a lot of flexibility to react to anything that comes up because, well, 2021, I was going to be a whole different year than it turned out to be. And, uh, I'm not going to put a whole lot of, um, faith in what 2022 is going to look like for me at this point either. Yeah, for sure. I mean, I think, you know, it's, it's an absolutely correct approach is to uh, when these life events happen, which, and they happen to everyone, you know, the, I'm sure some of the people listening to this are younger than us. It, it's coming. <laughs> I don't know what it'll be, but something will come that is completely unexpected, is not part of your plan, and it's going to upset your rhythm and your approach. But you have to, to lean into that as Justin is doing. Okay. Okay. So this is where we are now. This is what life is, uh, is throwing at me. And this is how we're going to, uh, cope with it, enjoy it, and you know, profit from it. And uh, it's not easy, <laughs> and it certainly doesn't seem like fun. But you probably come out the other side of it much stronger uh, and better for the experience, because ultimately, that's what life is: is overcoming the stuff that life throws at you. I can say it doesn't seem that way often, but ultimately, these things are the things that make life unique mm -hmm. and they're what make life life in general because what's the alternative right yeah for sure i mean we we might have to start a philosophy uh podcast at this rate but i think the important thing that you have grasped is that your priorities have been changed you have to amend yourself to that rather than try and fight it or, you know, feel bitter about it. You have to go, okay, so this is where we are. 
uh, and these are the things that I can do to to improve my life and my family's life. Yeah, very much. And you know that will there will be some part of this that goes down to productivity to sort of the planning of what I want to do for the year. I haven't quite had as much time and apparently focus as Stu has to get my stuff really organized. But I think as an as an overarching view of the year, I'm pretty comfortable with my choices so far. That's great. I, and so far that I'm even contemplating, I, we talked about it a few episodes ago, I picked up the theme journal from the Cortex brand. And I'm even contemplating picking that up and trying to figure out if there's a way that I can do some daily reflection mm -hmm. among the theme of happiness to keep me focused on that, sure. you know, rather than getting back into the busyness of life. You know, I, I think happiness is, it, it can be somewhat nebulous in its own. So I think there might be some way that I want to track that uh, on it and reflect on it on a daily basis. So that's kind of where I'm thinking, which is sure. uh, maybe it's just an excuse to start another notebook, Stu. <laughs> well, you know, I mean, I think um, on journeys uh, like the one that you're embarking on with all these challenges of helping everybody get through the health challenges and the relocation challenges, stuff like, you know, gratitude journaling, I think is really useful because I'm sure there are days um, in the last six months where you've woken up going, I'm not entirely sure I can think of anything to be grateful for today. Um, and that's, you know, that's where the gratitude journal is the most important is to help us, uh, you know, find the good bits amongst the bad bits. I can tell you the other morning when I was out with the poor dog and it was minus 23 with the cold wind and snow blowing at me. There was not a lot of gratitude at that point, Stu. There were a few <laughs> words that I'm not allowed to say on a podcast. Yeah, but you know, in a month or so, Justin, you're going to be looking at this going, this is amazing. I am living at the extremes of weather. This is real cold. And I'm out here, I'm building up a sweat, clearing this snow. Even the dog is beginning to look at it differently. That's where you're going to get to. I was actually thinking about you know, going out into my backyard, which has got these big, big tracks in it, and, and planting, you know how the polar explorers do? They struggle out into the middle of the wilderness and plant a flag. I was thinking I really should do that just to say, I've been to the South Pole. Well, exactly. Because that's really what it feels like. Oh, God, it's cold. Well, you've got to go get yourself a camera set up there. I mean, there's a YouTube video right there, Justin. Mm. I mean, just pictures of Justin in his Canadian goose coat, struggling through, followed by a, well, a very small dog going woof. It, it'll be some sort of surreal video, but it'd be great. Speaking of cameras, I, I don't suppose you have any experience with it. I'm, I'm looking at a camera. I, I need to get something for the back because I have no idea what all the wildlife is, but apparently there's a lot of it. I know there's uh, a lot of things in the neighborhood, but the tracks that are all over my backyard are quite interesting. They range from mm -hmm. small little deer looking things to the local neighborhood, uh, feral cats to, well, I, I think one of them is a cougar, but, uh, have you, have you ever used an outdoor cam that is not tied to a security system? Like my front cameras are all they're face detection and smart stuff. Sure. But I just want something that's going to 
record whatever walks in my backyard and let me know really what is it because i'm curious i think you're looking for a, a particular niche which is one that can s sustain itself in minus 40 degrees that's yeah um, that's going to limit the field somewhat i would suggest i'm i'm sort of guessing that some of the local hunting uh supply stores uh, have this kind of stuff but you know i'm this weird vegan guy so going into a hunting supply store uh, not quite where i fit in you know just w walk up to the first plate shirt you can see and, and say listen how do you because there must be people who've got security cameras outside their, their houses at the moment or wildlife cameras but yeah minus 40 degrees and then presumably pretty warm in the summer that's that's gonna be quite a robust unit whatever it is i think the unit could be more robust than i am because uh, cold and hot <laughs> uh i think i gotta move back to the coast where it kind of rains all year round <laughs> Ah, just experiencing the full gamut of Canadian weather, Justin. That's why you've got to look at it. That's about it, isn't it? All right, you got any uh, takeaways for your 2022 planning and thought process for the new year? Yeah, I mean, like I say, I've, I've done quite a lot of work in, in making the plan, not necessarily because I think that the plan will, will go through. Um, 2020 taught us anything is that plans are liable to change, but... I don't think that makes the planning any less useful. I think going through this process of working out where I want to get to, who I want to be, uh, what things I want to focus on has made me feel very comfortable that I know what I'm going to try and achieve through the year. As things come up, as circumstance changes, I'll pivot, I'll change, but um, I feel really comfortable with where I am. And that's simply by following the process. Nice. There's no, no huge magic touch to this work through the process and you will naturally find yourself feeling better so put some time into it mm. what about you justin mine is really a reminder to find joy wherever you can uh, enjoy the process and the journey 2021 i spent a lot of time reflecting on it had some big ups and downs and it's very easy to get lost in the negative i actually spent quite a bit of time looking for the positives of 2021 and there's no doubt it wasn't a, the best year for me for a variety of things, but there were some nice things that happened too. So my recommendation, celebrate the happy moments as long, along with the goals, the targets, the habits that you set for 2022. And when it changes, don't have any regrets. Just roll with it. Wise words indeed. Cool. All right, Sue, so where can people find you on the internet? Are you still in the same places? Because it's a whole new year. I am still there for the moment. So I have some plans, but yeah, you can find me at stuartlannon.com or nerosnotes.co.uk if you fancy a bit of stationery. If you're a, a social person, then you can find me on twitter.com at stuartlennon. Um, and well, Instagram at stuart.lennon.587. There's a catchy handle. What about you, Justin? Where can people find you? Oh boy, uh, we're, we're going deep on where we can find me. The easiest way is if you go to stationary adjacent, you'll find links to all of my stuff, but uh, my website, justintwyford.com, that's T-W-I-F-O-R-D. I'm thinking of doing like a Merlin man singing thing, but I'm not sure we'd have any listeners left if I tried that, Stu. <laughs> uh, you can find me on Twitter, JJ Twyford. I largely lurk there, but I will occasionally pop up and make some sarcastic comment because, hey, that's what I do. Uh, if you want to reach us directly, please feel free to email us at stationaryjacent at gmail.com. 
We really appreciate your support over this year. It's uh, been an interesting year. We're looking forward to doing this again next year. Our next topic is going to be on the tyranny of checklists, which is a show suggested by a listener sending us an email. So feel free to do that. We'd love to hear from you as well. Until then, goodbye, have a happy new year, and stay productive. Yes, us.